<laughs> the ball dropping. <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is Amanda Callender, and welcome to the More Sugar Podcast, where there all where there's always something more. Uh, the purpose of my podcast was derived from my book Sugar and My Grits: Grief to Gratitude Through Grace. Uh, conversations I was having with my friends around um, grief and conversations to help heal and encourage other people. Uh, just recently. Um, I have my friend here, Tamisha Harris. Just recently, I, I made a trip to New Jersey to uh, for work, and I had great time with some of my friends. And from those conversations, I wanted to, I noticed that a lot of my friends was losing their mothers. And I knew also a lot of friends whose mother mothers had already passed on. And so I wanted to kind of do something to encourage everyone along the way because sometimes all we have is each other. And so I picked, the reason why I picked uh, Tamisha, I'm gonna let her, um, I'm gonna say why I picked her and then I'm gonna let her introduce herself and um, tell us about her mom and when did she pass away and how. Um, me, and, me and Tamisha have been friends for about almost 20 years, maybe more, since we was like 15. And her mother's death was one of the first mothers that I've known to pass away. And so when the idea for this podcast came to mind, she immediately came to mind. And I'm just grateful, thankful that she decided to do it. So with that being said, I've done podcasts <laughs> before, but this is my first visual. And God willing, in a couple of years, when we're doing big things, we're going to look back on this podcast and say, look where we came from. Right. And I'm just grateful and glad that you said yes. So it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> and we're recording this. So I'm grateful that she took some time. So if I sip, this is a very, very emotional topic for a lot of people. So if I sip along the way, then go ahead, friend, okay. take it away. All right. So my name is Tamisha. Um, Mandy asked me to do this podcast. At first, I was like, mm, I wasn't too sure. But then I was like, you never know who you can help along the way, like she said. Um, my mother's been gone since 1995. Um, I was 17 years old. My mom was 38 years old when she passed. Um, around that time, my mother was, she died from cervical cancer. Um, something that was very new to all of us. Nobody really knew much about what cervical cancer was, how it existed, uh, none of that. So my mother death took a big toll on me, my friends, and the community. Um, it was just a really dark place for me, a really mm -hmm. dark place for me. Okay, so 1995 was a very, very long time ago. You 17 yeah, years old. Very you know, long. How old now? I'm 45 years old. So, so that's that almost more than half your life. Exactly. And so exactly. how much do you remember about your mother and what is your favorite memory? Okay. I remember a lot about my mother. So growing up, I grew up in a household with a mother and father. So we were yes. very family, family orientated. Um, we grew up in a religious household. Um, my mm -hmm. family was Jehovah Witnesses. Mm. Um, so I remember a lot about my mother. My mother taught me a lot. I know one thing that I did, watch my mother growing up, very clean, um, never went outside without getting dressed, some of the things that I do now. Um, she instilled a lot, of in <laughs> a lot of morals <laughs> in me. Um I remember, it's just like, my mother been out of my life so long, but I try to live my life 
still trying to make think of her and make her happy like you know what would she say if she was here um the struggle that i had being 17 years old it was like that's the time when i needed my mother the most mm -hmm. um my mother death it was very very hard because she was the one who kept our families together so mm -hmm. once my mother died like most of my family drifted drifted apart um, to the point her and my dad was married for like 21 years at the time. And she took her last breath in his arms. My father wow. actually left us, um, okay. after my mother died. Like he literally stopped coming around, stopped coming home. And my father was like the head of the household. He was there. So it was he like, was with his own grief, obviously he didn't his, his own grief. grief. And right. it was like, he was a human form but he died with her. So he was just existing. Mm. He didn't like really- Like a love story. Right. That was all right. he had. That was all he knew. Um, and it was hard for me because I had to figure it out. You know, me and my brother had to figure it out. I really didn't know the answers. I didn't understand what death was at the time. Like I just knew, um, I watched my mother suffer a lot. Mm -hmm. And she used to say, I'm going to be okay. You know, don't, you know, don't cry. I'm good. I'm, but you really don't understand what okay is back in that time right. when people say they're going to be okay. Basically they knew that they were going to go and they were peace. They had peace with their higher power. But me as a 17 year old, you're not thinking that you just know, right. okay, you know, my mom's going to be okay. She's going to get better. And um, right. if I had known that that's what she had meant, I probably would have asked more questions. Um, I probably would have. I spent as much time as her, with her as I um, could because she died at home with hospice. Mm -hmm. But I, I definitely would have had a lot more questions, a lot more questions. Um, are you afraid that you'll forget her one day? Because like in this age of, of, of social media, um, right now we take a lot of pictures. Everything is these iPhones and splattered on social media. And I, and I realized that my grandmother's birthday had just passed and I realized like she died so long ago. I find myself posting the same picture over and over and over again, because that's all I have. And okay. I don't remember her voice. Um, it's just little things that she said. So my fear is always that. So that that was a question that I wanted to ask you. Like one day, are you afraid that you're going to wake up and it's like. Well, I'll be, I can't do that because I'm a splitting image of her. So when I look at myself, I see mm. my mother. Okay. Um, anybody that knows me know I look exactly like my mother. Um, mm -hmm. Even with my dad being in a nursing facility, me going to see him with slight dementia he has. Mm -hmm. um, some days when I walk in, he calls me my mother. And some days I'm wow. just blurry. So I don't think that's something that I could forget. Um, I'm very grateful that I had the upbringing that I had with my parents because mm -hmm. it laid the foundation for me. Even though I went through a really deep depression and struggle after my mother died, it's still certain things. Like I tell people, the way you were raised, sometimes you'll always come back to that. You know, those mm -hmm. things are instilled in you. Um, so I know that I have a lot of my mother ways because as she was dying, my mother was very into herbs and holistics. So that's one thing I'm into. Um, I watched my mother, like I said, get dressed every day. She would put on makeup. She would, you know, she always said, you go out the house and you got to look presentable. Um, just, it was just the foundation we had. I would have never thought that I was to experience my life without my mother. 
So you can say to everybody that you you date, you're welcome. Like it's like you're welcome. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> because you 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 put effort into because that's how you, what you seen your mother right. you put effort. Yeah, so I you think, just don't yeah, you leave her out the house like any type of way. Yeah, we we weren't allowed to. You know, even with cleanliness, you know, certain things you're just you is is instilled in you like as you grow right. up a certain way even with me growing up being a jehovah witness like at some point you know you go back to what you were raised at or you try to look into it or you try to see because you don't want to always take on something just because you was raised that way you know it's not sometimes right. you you don't have a choice when you're growing up you do what you told you mm, do what right. you see you don't have a choice so as you get older it's time for you to make those choices yourself um, one thing right. my mother did, she was very close with the the little friendships that she did have. My mother wasn't like a person that be around like a whole lot of people, but the friendships she had, she valued. And you know that that is me. You know, I take yeah, my friendships sure. very seriously. I have a, a great set of friends. I don't see how people could even exist in this world saying that they don't even have good friends because right. I was just, they know my story. They've been there through the ride. So they give me comfort. They give me comfort. Like, right. That's good. What What is grief to you? Like, grief is something to, to different to everybody. Some people think it's, grief has its ebbs and flows. Some people think of grief, grief as something really low. And some people just can manage to, to push through. What did grief look like for you? And even if you, as a 17-year-old, you probably didn't know what that was. But right. now, as an adult, so as a, can, as a adult. Yeah, you can put um, adjectives to those feelings. What do you say that grief is? What would you say grief is to you? Okay, so let me. So grief is like a. It could be grief could be in a relationship. Anything mm. that you lose that you are close to, or um, grief could be in a friendship. Anything lost, something that you lost that's dear to you. Mm-hmm. So with me growing up with the loss of my mother, I didn't realize until I got to a place where I started seeking counseling. Okay. What I was going through. Um, the way that because we was kind of lit. Like after after your mom died, we, right. when I say we no, was kind of lit, we, we <laughs> all like rallied around you. I don't mean to interject, but like thinking of it from my perspective, watching you move in that, and I was like, damn, she fine, right? And I'm not thinking because we all the same age. And I'm a little older, but I'm thinking like that. Tamisha handling it, handling it like a G. Like you said, your dad left, so you survived. Right. So, and I think that's the perception people have. They see my strength. So everybody have this thing where, oh, Tamisha, you so strong. You've been, but they don't understand sometimes you're behind four walls too. Mm -hmm. So when I realized, I said, Tamisha, you know, like I realized that certain relationships, and I wouldn't say friendships, like even like dating people, talking to people, I didn't realize that what I experienced as a child was a form of abandonment. So even by my mother dying, my father leaving me, it still was a form of abandonment, even though it wasn't like they intentionally neglect me. It's still a form of abandonment. So because of that, I start picking up abandonment traits and didn't realize it. So Mm. say if I'm close to someone and you do something to me or make me feel some type of way, it was nothing for me to just walk away Ooh. from that because yeah, it was like I was so used <laughs> to being walked away from, whether it was yes. from death, whether it was from, so, you know, like, I feel like 
if I'm a good person to you and you do something to me, um, I don't really have to explain myself to you. I could just abandon you. These was things that I was doing and they were affecting different relationships, but you don't realize that until you get older and it's like, okay, you're numb. So when you when you mm -hmm. guys were thinking I was okay, it's more so you're numb. You're trying to maneuver to do things. And as you keep picking up the same patterns, it's like you need to, you know, dig a little deeper. And that's where well, therapy comes in. Yeah, so that's so because of that, I'm gonna switch, I'm gonna switch the order of the question since we're talking about it. It says that um as friends, we talk a lot. And I and I'm grateful for that because most friendships are so I'm all sobbing and shit. Most friendships are so <laughs> <laughs> most friendships are so superficial. But it's times me and you talk on the phone for hours at a time, like so randomly. I can and I could pick up the phone and call you and we'll just talk. And I'm like, man, when I hang up, I say, damn, I should have had the mic on. Because it's right. not just checking in on each other. It's is is vibing on a different level. It's is communicating. Um talking about relationships. We had some, Everything. when we had Everything. dinner, the, when I was in New Jersey at the Cheesecake Factory, if it wasn't so loud, I wanted to turn on my phone and just slide right. back across the table. Right. And But I I cherish those friendships. And so, like I said, me, me at that age, um, I was running from things at home as well at the time your mom died. And so your house was like a respite for me, like a refuge. And so, it was like we survived together. I, I, I slept mm. on your couch for years, like more than a night. <laughs> somebody sleep on somebody's couch. It's normally for a night. I think I moved in at some point. Right, right, <laughs> but, right. And, and I just watched you hustle, right? The, the play. We, we, we as kids had an apartment for a very long time. Right. The bills, <laughs> the lights was on, whatever somebody made money somewhere. This is how much the rent is. We're going to pay this rent. We're gonna pay this phone bill. We right. it was it was it was scary, but it was so fun because we had each other. And those right. are bonds that can't be broken. And I say I have to say, going through that at some point, um we speak about mental health and therapy a lot. At what point Wait, before did you, you go to that question, I'm gonna um I wanna go back because you said as far as like the hustle part. So you mm -hmm. know me as a person, I always worked hard. I always got more than one job. And um, I think even with that, that gives me a safe place. So, you know, remember when like at the end towards like whatever I was staying with me and y'all was there. Mm -hmm. And then at, at some point, you know, it had to end. We had to go, yeah. you know, my father was like, okay. Someone was going to say, hey, them kids living by these right. Like, so it, it had to end. So at that point, I had to kind of like, being that I had to figure it out, I've always been a hard worker because because of the abandonment issues, I never wanted to be in a situation where I always, where I felt abandoned. So mm -hmm. I will always hustle. I will always work. And people are like, you got more than one job? I'm like, yeah, because if one let me go, at least I got another one. Because I never right. wanted to feel that part, not being abandoned. Mm. I wanted to make sure that I show up for myself all the time. Yeah, so, so I never wanted... In personal life. Right. I never wanted wow. no one else to even have the opportunity to abandon me. Okay. And, and and that's another thing I say with relationships because of the pain that I felt from my mother's death. Mm -hmm. Anytime someone does something to hurt me and me dismiss them or cut them out of my life, because of the pain that I felt, I never want to relive that. So I don't give people an opportunity to do it again. So, so with that, doing that, does that kind of like you're not giving your relationships 
That's the problem. I do give 100%, but okay. I don't give you two. Like, I don't give, and even with friendships, that's why I say I love my friendships because we could keep it real with each other. If I do something right. to you, you do something to me. And if you communicate that to me, we can work on it. But I'm not a mind reader. Nobody's right. a mind reader. Um, but I feel like if, and you know what, in a way, is it is kind of like you're running from stuff because even, you know, by you not giving people a chance, but in some instances, how many chances you give people? And in some instances, okay, I'm about to give you a whole bunch of things because I feel like some things is just like if you are who you are and I ain't giving you a second chance. Right, you know, but, right. Yeah, so. So bad. I'm I'm cut you off when you was going to mental health. No, no, we not we had this conversation. So um I said you we speak a lot about mental health and therapy. Um at what point did you realize I can't do this on my own anymore? I need some type of therapy. Because you know that's a, that's that's a taboo. Now therapy is taboo not only in the black community but in religious communities. Because mm -hmm. these some religions are like, oh my God, just pray. It'll go away. The depression. Well, I couldn't up. do it because I grew up. I prayed a lot, even when I went through my like you know deep dark side. I prayed a lot, and I think God gives you free will to make mm -hmm. the right choices. So He's the one that He's there for you. He He protects you, but you got to do some work yourself. Right. Um, at the end of the day, nobody's coming to save you. You have to figure it out. Like they, they, they it is what it is. Nobody's yes. coming to save you. So if you choose to stay in that dark place. That's kind of like a choice, you know? So I felt like I needed to dig deeper to understand because I have a son. Um, I have close friends. I have people I love. And I don't want to bring my damaged traits on to other people and hurt those relationships. So you definitely have to, you know, dig deeper to, to um, and, I, and I'll tell anybody with therapy, I may have went to make, do maybe like three or four therapists. Sometimes it may not even be the first therapist that you go through that you feel comfortable with. You may have, you have to do the work and find where you're comfortable at. And what's working for you? Right. I think we lost your internet. Really? Let me see. Yeah. We am at. You working through? I'm here. So what we missed? Okay. Nothing. Mm -hmm. We still on. We still on. I just can't see you. Can you see me? I can see you. I can see you. Okay. That's all okay. that matters. As as you can hear me. That's good. So. Yep. That's good. That's all that matters. <laughs> Yeah, so um, you said something. Oh, there you go. You said something about coming out of a dark place is a choice. Yes. Well, for me, it was because, and and everybody's different. Everybody's grieving processes. Right, different. because there's some dark places I, I've seen people that it's hard to come out of. Right. So when yeah. I say, I'm going to speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for okay. others. Because sometimes, because mental illness, trust me, people don't understand it's not something that's selfish. It's something that is very fragile and everybody mm -hmm. can't come out of a dark place. Right. So when I say dark place, I'm meaning for myself, when I wake up every day, if I'm going to choose to be happy or sad. If I choose gotcha. to do, you know what I'm saying? That's my yes. dark place. And if gotcha. I don't want to live that, I have to do what I need to do not to feel that way every day. Gotcha. Um, I just feel like doing the work because you have to look at your relationships and your patterns. And if you keep getting the same outcome from everything you do, sometimes it's up to you to do the work. 
you know, and yeah, a lot no, of things. Not, not sometimes, it's all the time. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> you just, like, you literally just said, no one's coming to save you. Yes. And we have yes. those friends, like, we check on each other. Right. Right. And, but I always say, sometimes you got to, if, 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 if it is a burning building, I'm, I'm coming to get you. I, I don't want to drag you out. I, I need you to help me. Help right. me. Right. Get you, get you out of the right. spot. Right. So, when we say there's no one coming to get you, if you got friends like us, someone's coming to get they you. Gonna they they gonna try. They gonna try. But no even if you try it and I'm not ready, it don't matter how much you try. If I'm not, if I'm ready. not ready, you so can try as many times as you want to. But if I'm not trying, it's pointless. You gotta be ready. And one of my questions was, how do you honor your mother and keep her memory alive? But you, you kind of already touched on that when you said you not do you only look like her, but the fact that you get up every day. With, with with and you practice all these these values that she she instilled in you every single day. Yeah, but one thing I wish I would have um you know did that she did was you know keep the family together. My mother was very uh, family oriented. Seventeen, friend. Exactly. But as I got older, you okay. know, as I got older, I wish that I would have been able to do those things. But I stayed. It took me a while to even seek counseling. So the thing is, I couldn't really show up for those people in my life that, like my family members, because I couldn't show up for myself. Mm. I wasn't even showing up for me. It took me a while to show up for me, no matter how much I maneuvered through life, no matter how much it may have looked. I had to figure out a way to show up for me. So a lot of relationships I may not have because of that, because I didn't have the overflow or even know what Mm. to do to be there for people. But again, that goes back to good friendships because if somebody know you got some people, some friendships, some, sometimes friendships are so selfish. People don't understand like, well, maybe she's going through a bad time right now. Let right. me give her some grace. And and, right. and I have a habit. And it took me, um, it took me a point to where I needed grace to be able to extend grace. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what most people, I don't, I don't want to give anybody a break or forgive anybody for anything until you going to God on your hands and knees, not in the hollering. And you be like, wait a minute, if he's going to do this for me, then why can't I do this for somebody else? So that, that's my, um, you know, you kind of like answering these questions with regular answers. Another question was, um, parents play a critical role in our self-confidence and sense of purpose in our lives. How did you develop these things without your mom? Like from what I hear and when I'm reading these books and these therapists and the social media posts, a mother daughter bond is supposed to be so tight. Apparently are we we left to assume that you had already sealed that at 17 before she passed, that was enough to carry you through. It had to be, you know, it, it, it it had to be because I did it. I mean, even though there's other people coming in your life, they may be close to you. They're still not your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what saved me in my life the most was my son. Because mm. being in that dark place, it was like you feel like you really don't have much to live for because of your struggle, your abandonment and everything. So my son had saved me from a lot of you know, things that I may have felt or that I was going through because it was genuine love. So that's how old was you when you had him? 
I had him when I was 19, which was two okay. years after my mom okay. died. Oh, so, that, um, so 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 he came at a pretty good time. Oh, he came at a perfect time. Perfect time. Like, <laughs> two years you know, in. Even though yeah. I know that if my mother was here because of me being raised, I probably wouldn't have had him because, you know, being raised a certain way, you know, you don't have kids out of wedlock, certain things right, like that. Right. But he probably but wouldn't he have like saved probably, your life. Yeah, he, he basically saved my life. And because even when I was in a dark place and I started going to therapy, when I had my son, it was like, because of what I felt living without a mother, I never wanted him to experience that if Ooh. I had control of it. So Ooh. if something accidentally happens to me, he can't mm -hmm. control. But right. as long as I could exist and keep doing what I need to do for him, I'm going to show up for my son so he doesn't have to experience that. That's dope. that's exactly what made me want to be a, a better mother each and every single day. Right. Okay. So social media, it plays a huge part in our life and culture. Everybody knows this. Does social media play a role in how you grieve? Now, the reason why I asked you this question was because I was, my mother's been, my mother passed away in 1999, which was, um, wasn't too long after your mom. Mm -hmm. And I was watching the, um, the Megan and Harry documentary and I'm watching Diana, Princess Diana's funeral, and I'm just boohoo crying. And I realized I wasn't boohoo crying for Princess Diana. I was boohoo crying because my mother was dead. Right. Right. And so the social media, things you see on social media, or things like we got to be careful the energies we take in. Does right. that affect, um, uh, play a role in the ebbs and flows of your grief? Well, I try to monitor who I follow, what I follow, what mm -hmm. I see, because people will drain you. Social media will drain you. Um, a lot of times, like if, so when, even when my mom died, I didn't have like pictures up of her. I didn't have, because that was something that took me to a dark place. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times on social media, if I know like someone that has someone that that's dear to them that passed, and I see that they post a lot, or they, that's their grieving, right? Um, what seeking? Yeah, yeah, that too. But <laughs> it's like at some point, I feel like it can drain you. So sometimes you're like, let me take a break from this because, yeah. um, as, like I said, everybody grieves different. Like I'm the type that. If I know something is going to make me sad, like I hear people say, oh, I'm going to go to the cemetery to see my mother. And then they come back, they boohoo, they crying. I'm not saying yeah. go, don't go see your mother. Um, or if they sit in there looking through pictures. If I feel like if something is going to put you in a place of sadness, then you should try to find a different way to cope. Because they are there are healthy coping ways that you could cope versus just, you know, going through pictures, going to a cemetery. You have to get do do that hump of the grief you mm. have to go do the work and be okay because you're not okay if you still go there with the same experience that you had in, yeah, yeah. in the beginning like you have to grow to be able to go there and say i'm okay you know um because yeah, a lot it's of like time, getting through a mary j Blige song and i cry yeah. oh, we know that, I you know that was our jam we went through <laughs> <laughs> that was our gym, but if we can get through the My Life album with no tears, right. you are healing. You on the road to healing. Yeah. So now I could listen to certain songs and certain things, but I just 
I went through so much and I don't choose to be in that place anymore. Like I choose love. I choose, choose choices. Yeah. I like like when choices. I wake up and sometimes I may not have a good day. I'll be like, you got five minutes to get it together, girl. Like the world. <laughs> yes, sir, five stop. minutes. Yeah. Like the world don't stop because of you, you know, like, so if I know something is going to put me in a sad place, I don't do it. And I see that like sometimes social media, a lot of people, but th this is, this is new to them. This is their grieving. Like I have friends who mother just passed recently and I wish the time that they had their mother in their life. I had my mother in my mm. life that long. Yeah. I, my mother been in, hasn't been in my life more than she has been. I would love to have and cherish those memories. Like if I could tell anybody, cherish those memories. Your mother wouldn't want you to sit and be sad all the time or right. you're gonna go through it. Feel what you need to feel. You're human. Don't, you know, cause that when I was numb, when you, you know, when you first met me, I wasn't really sitting in the pain and try I was trying to like, I was numb. But yeah. you have to feel, you have to find a way. If you want to feel it, feel it. You know, you you have to get through it, but don't sit there too long because I don't think any one mother would want them to be really, you know, sad right. and miserable. You know, you just have to find healthy ways of coping. And I think- That's, that's the key word, health, healthy, healthy ways, ways of coping. Yeah. And you, you, you have to find a therapist that works for you if you choose to seek therapy, you know? Yeah. Everybody, one of my questions was like, get, get. No, go ahead. You good. I said one of my questions was every family member grieves differently and did the death of your mom strain relationships or family members? But clearly it did. Oh, me, my brother, my did. father, yeah. my family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was exactly. about to say, you you, oh, yeah. you strong with it, which is good. Oh, so yeah. it, it made oh, it for yeah. a good conversation and not so much a question to answer session. Yeah, so yeah. My, on brother, that um, my brother's still grieving to this day because he never seeked help. He never... Like he still live in the past when we talk is always about my mother. Um, because you know, he never got the help that you did. Oh, never. He he calls me on her death day. He calls me on her birthday. Um, he never really took the time to really, I don't think he even know where to start. And mm. now that I'm in a different place, I could probably assist him. Mm -hmm. But when I, like I tell people, if it don't come from my overflow, like I'm not going to damage my mental health for someone else because mm. people will really drain you. So if I don't have that extra overflow, like when yeah. I wake up in the morning and my glass yeah. not filled over, you could get what's that's the, the pour over. You can't get, you know, the rim because I need this for me. Right. You know? So you have to get to that place in your life. Um. Lastly, what encouragement or hope can you offer someone who doesn't believe in a higher power or does not feel like God is working on their behalf? So, because, I mean, because we're, we're clearly faithful people. You, you, right. leaned, we, you said you leaned on your faith heavily. Because I was raised some, that way. Right. Like, I think because of my upbringing that was instilled with, instilled in me you have a lot of people now they talk more about the universe they feel like they could burn sage and kill whatever's around them and i'm not knocking anybody for what you think or what you believe i think if you're gonna believe in it have faith and believe it to the t you know like yeah, be go, strong go, about, go over the waterfall yeah, and be, with be that strong about what you believe stand <laughs> yeah. in what you believe in you know like don't yeah. just do something because it's the thing that's the latest thing that's popping or whatever or do your research and see what work for you you know yeah 
you know, you definitely, nobody's definitely coming to save you. You definitely have to do the work. Like I encourage encourage anybody, like just try to put yourself in a mindset of just being happy and think of the good stuff, the good memories, surround yourself without, with good people. That's going to like support you along the way. You know, mm-hmm. you definitely need those healthy relationships. Find healthy ways to cope. It's easier to pick up a glass or smoke or even, you know, sexual sex. All of that. All of that is a form of grieving that people go through. So you can't really judge people. And the way I live my life now, I don't take everything personal. Um, because people are really struggling with mental illness. So my thing is when someone does something to me, I'd be like, oh, well, maybe she just wasn't having a good day. Well, maybe she going through something because people don't share those things with you all the time. So give people, like you said, give them some grace. People are really struggling. Like give them a break. Like if you take everything personal, you'll be real miserable out here. You know, like you just can't take things personal. Not everything. It's not that serious. I really wish that people had another friend of mine who I met a couple of years ago. People, people, a lot of people watch things on social media. They watch your interactions with people. They watch your movements. And she said, she said that she was envious of my circle in my village. And I said to her, I think that's not something that I just went out and put together. That's years of being who right. I am and right. my authentic self and bumps and bruises and showing up for people and people showing up for me. Yeah. And I'm just grateful that I have um, a village of friends, like genuine friends. Right. And the me funny so. thing is, is our son is seven. And he said the other day he had a dream that he got married. And, and, and in his dream, he's mentioning these names of people. And it just made me smile. I said, these are people that he see around all the time. Right. And I'm just um, grateful that you had the wherewithal to keep going and that um, that we're friends and that I'm a part of your life and that we was able to share this 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 great couple of minutes with people. And I hope that this conversation touches somebody yeah. to help them, to heal them, and then encourage them to go on. Because losing the mother's hard, man. It like, is. I kind of like, I blocked it out, and I didn't want to deal with it two years later. So I ended up with compounded grief. So compounded grief is a grief, type of grief on top of grief, and then you realize one day that you just explode. And right. so another friend of ours is in our circle. She's on the, she's coming up on the soul sessions. Um, not right, not next, but next after next. Right, right, right. And I can't wait to have that conversation with her because that's she's like the little sister. Right. And it's new. And it's, it's new to her. New, you know? and, and my heart broke for her. Like when you oh, love somebody, you didn't want definitely. To that's my little sister. Like that was my mother other child. Yeah. You know? And you um she never missed a beat. Yeah, she 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 was that's my little sister. And the thing is when it's new, it's kinda hard, you know, when it's new, especially when you still trying to get through with your family. You got mm-hmm. to, like she's trying to show up for everybody, but when do you take a break for yourself yeah. and show up for yourself? Sometimes you have to take a break from everyone just so you can show up for yourself. Yeah. You know? So yeah, but and sometimes you just need that encouragement from your friends, your outside circle and not the people on the inside. Right. Like, the ones that's going to always be there. And it, and I, it just warmed my heart. I'm going I'm to leave some of that for me and her conversation. But <laughs> I was at the repast, like serving food. And 
I couldn't, I, I couldn't be there. So I, I stopped by the morning before and like rung the bell. Ding dong. Look, yeah. I can't, I, I got to work. I can't be there, but I know you can do this. Right. right. And she wasn't even expecting. She's like, who's right. at the door? But that's but one like, thing friend, about us. Like when I say we show up for, we can yeah, we show we, up. We, we show up for each other. Like we, yeah, we, we don't care up. what it is. And like, Words. I'm at like, even with me in my life, if you call me for something, I'm not questioning you why you need me. Just tell me what you need me for. Cause all of that yeah. ain't even important. I'm here. You need me. I'm there. You know? So that's, so I would say, you, I would, yeah. Good. No, them, them friendships is, is, you know, and you outgrow people. I can't really say, but most of my friends, they've been in my life forever and even new people. Like, you know, I like. I can't even say we outgrew each other. I think we kind yeah, of grew together. Even though never, we grew together, right. together. Right. Yeah, we right. did grow together, which is a blessing because I've outgrew friends that I've met five years ago, 10 years ago. And already I'm like, dude. Yeah, I think that we're blessed to have that. And I pray that um, it's, it's kind of hard to find that late in life. And I just think that we're part of the, of the, the few that have that. And um, I just think that we're blessed to have, it. and I think this conversation will actually help somebody. You dro- you definitely um, drop some gems. Um, I'm appreciative. I love you. I know it's New Year's Eve. Exactly. And I'm, I'm gonna let you go. go. You know I'm about to go. You about to go hang with dance. the rest of the family. You know what I'm saying? You about to go hang with the rest of the crew. Yes, you so know me. I love my friends. Music. Like these That's my another sisters. thing. I would tell people: music puts you in a, a good place too. Yeah. Like, you know, I love music. Turn you it can either put you in a good place or have you in in in, in the on the bathroom right. floor. Right. Mary J. Lodge, please. But nah, I ain't in that place. Like I <laughs> every time. But it's good memories now. Every time I hear that Mary's joint and that beat drop what? I just think and everything of us in that living room man what? with just, a boom box yo we was we yeah. made it we made yeah. it work and eating chicken wings and rice and gravy like from the Chinese store like we used to have to share platters like you know like yo it was serious it was serious yeah like we got yeah. a friendship so thank you friend you welcome I love friend. you I love you, um, I love you I keep, keep your mom memory alive you know Miss Harris she was um and amazing. I remember y'all first moved to the, into the towns. I was like, oh, oh yeah, man. new family in the building. No, the I rocks. never felt so well. Like, we moved from another neighborhood. They was outside on the bench. Everybody waiting for us to pull up, welcoming, yeah. welcoming us. I'm like, yo, this is crazy, you know, but yeah. And that green thing, we said right on that green thing for yeah. all night long. It was, yeah. it was good times. It was good yeah. times. So I want to say, um, if I don't talk to you before the ball drop, happy new year, and thank you for gra- gracing um, the More Sugar Podcast with your presence. And you know, I'm going to call on you again for something else. It's going to be something and else. I'm, I'm here. As we long as I got the breath in me, you know I'm here. So. We about to be lit with this. So again, thank you. All right. Love you, love you, friend. And happy new year. You too. Happy All new right. year. Bye-bye.